The family-friendly genre isn't just defined by games that you can play with your three-year-old. It also includes games that you just wouldn't be embarrassed telling Great Aunt Sherry about if she saw it on your shelf. This week on the podcast, join me as I talk to Mama New Laura about her studio and collection of games from Lucky New Games. We dive into setting up an LLC and take a closer look at some of the games like Whistling Wolf Cafe, Relaxing Tales, Information, and a lot more are happening right now on Scheduled for Launch. Welcome to Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover the projects that you may have missed. This week, I'm very excited to be continuing our talk with some family-friendly creators. And this week, I have Laura on the show of Lucky Newt Games. I actually didn't realize your name was Laura for a very long time because <laughs> I just knew you as Mama Newt. So I'm good with that. <laughs> Welcome to Schedule for Launch, Laura. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here. I've looked at a couple of Lucky Newt Games things, and there's a lot of stuff that you're going to be doing coming up with this crowdfunder in, as we're recording this, a couple of weeks. I'm excited to get people introduced to your work and what you guys at Lucky Newt Games are doing. Wonderful. Thank you. Before we really dive into it, though, Laura, can you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? So my name's Laura Gavednik. Uh Blame my, hus- my uh, partner for... That weird last name. <laughs> <laughs> I've been creating um, tabletop and TTRPGs, or tabletop games and TTRPGs since 2021. Um, first decided to tackle it thanks to the One Page RPG Jam. Um, mm-hmm. The person who hosts it is phenomenal, and the people on the Discord server were incredibly helpful. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter what question you have or how obvious it seems like it should be but isn't to people who are new to it they were always happy to answer very supportive and now i'm paying it forward um i've taken part in the last one page rpg jam and it's actually happening right now um and i'm participating again so it should be fun oh exciting i'm also a stay-at-home mom to a rambunctious three-year-old and (laughs) an incredibly extraordinarily patient partner (laughs) (laughs) it's been a while since we've heard about the one page ttrpg game jam but a lot of folks who've come onto this started there so it excites me to have somebody back who kind of got their roots starting there and i'm guessing that that was what 2021 that was that was still during covid wasn't it yes it was (laughs) a lot of free time (laughs) (laughs) well i think what's so appealing for beginners is You look at these big uh, TTRPGs, you look at White Wolf, you know, or you look at um, Watsi, or any number of them, and they look so overwhelming. And you start getting it in your head that they have to be this big, they have to be this encompassing. And what the jam does is it makes you realize, Mm -hmm. you realize you can pack so much into the game and having the wonderful creators who allow you to hack their mechanics, who put their games under the Creative Commons uh, licenses, again, makes it that much less intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I'd actually tried getting into tabletop game creation before and just wound up getting overwhelmed because I kept on getting like either contradictory um, suggestions or you know trying to balance mechanics. I didn't know where to go to ask the questions. And I got so frustrated with it that I shelved it. Yep. But then I didn't lose touch with the community. Uh, Weird Giraffe Games, a huge shout out to them. I was part of their Discord server. And it was through them that I learned about the One Page RPG Jam. And it's like, wait, I can do this. I can actually tackle this. Let's see what happens. And the first three games I ever made was through them. It was One Cranky Dragon, um, Five Second Rule, and Parlay. And two of those games are still in my top sellers. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. I think one of the big things, too, about the one-page RPG jams specifically that they do really well is they keep creators from bloating the game and actually oh, yeah. getting something down. There have definitely been discussions in the server about how, do I, how much of this is fluff. How do I whittle this down? 
And it's really intriguing seeing things get to the core of what's actually needed to enjoy a game. Mm -hmm. So let's dive into what we're really here to talk about. And we're going to be talking about Lucky Nuke Games as kind of a collective and what it is. So what is Lucky Nuke Games? So Lucky Nuke Games is a family-focused publisher of tabletop games and TTRPGs. Mm -hmm. um, where that line is, no one seems to entirely know for sure. I actually asked around. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all about making things that you can either play with your family of various ages, or that you'd be okay having your family in the room while you play. Yeah. So there's not going to be... Uh, huge amounts of violence there's not going to be sexual content you know no not safe for work stuff mm -hmm. um like the only exception i can think of is we have some meditative games not really meditative but things to really get you to stop and think and look inside yourself and you might want a quieter place for that <laughs> yeah. but other than that i wanted things that i can look at my kid at any age and say this is what i do and I want to create things that I could play with my kid, that I could play with my family. And it feels amazing to be able to do that. So what drew you to that then? What drew you to family-friendly creation over something maybe a little bit more... I guess the best way I can say is typical of the, of the space. <laughs> So part of that was the very first game I wanted to make for the RPG Jam, the one-page RPG Jam, was One Cranky Dragon. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those, what is a game that I would want my toddler to be able to play, you know? And so I came up with this kinetic game that takes you away from the table, but you still roleplay as adventurers. You're trying to catch, you know, go through this magical forest, catch a dragon, and find out why it's so cranky. And then you have to solve resolve the crankiness and it had such a fun family-friendly tone it was definitely made for little kids but also the young at heart um i've had uh other families play test it because mini newt still wasn't old enough even for that yet yeah and the adults seemed to have as much fun playing with the kids as the kids did which was awesome so between that, I made Five Second Rule as more of a young adult to adult thing, which is a superhero power that, you know, you all have, you're all training to be superheroes. You get one power that lasts for five seconds at a time. And it works off the diversified system, which was a system I specifically created for it. But the SRD is now available for free. Mm. But it's, you roll uh, 3d6 and you choose two dice. And there's a success rate, there's um, fail and, fail, succeed, uh, but, succeed, and then succeed with bonus. Okay. And so the big thing with that is, since you have a power pool, maybe it's worth taking some consequences. Mm -hmm. Because once that power, that point pool is emptied, it starts becoming harder and harder you have to hit a higher and higher number in order to succeed. Yeah. And you also get to gain experiences, though, when you fail. You get X number of um, experiences per game session, and that can either help lessen or completely take away the consequence at times, up to GM ruling, because yeah. Yeah. it's all about learning from your mistakes, learning from your failures. There's consequences, but that doesn't mean you can't learn from them, and that was very important to me. So I didn't realize that could be for a child until Steph from TTRPG Kids played it with her son. Yeah. And he's in like the five, six range. I can't remember off the top of my head, but apparently they had an absolute blast. And she was able, there was an openness with the theme because I, in the um, game, I do recommend that uh, players start at a training facility when they're first getting used to their powers so that as players, they can feel out how their, their powers can work together. Uh -huh. And so there's no risk of death, you know? And depending on how you guide the game, there doesn't even have to be risk of harm. There could just be like little frustrating elements in it if you wanted to. Yeah. So it blew my mind that other than a little help with the math, they were able to play it with him and had an absolute blast doing it. So that's when I realized, oh, this is for kids too. 
<laughs> and so I started kind of setting up this tone without realizing it of family-friendly games. And I did get to the point where it's like, ooh, I had this really dark idea. I don't know if I should do it, though, because I had no idea what kind of tone or branding I was going for at the beginning. I was just creating games for the fun of it. Yeah. But I started asking around to um, fellow creators and a, someone, there were a few people that were like, we really like that, you, you know, we, you're doing family-friendly games and this is awesome. Would it really hurt for you to stick with that? But one person in particular, Michael Lowe from... Oh, um, He's amazing. And he was a he was a huge proponent and like huge cheerleader for me to stick with um family friendly games and Beth from Beth and Angel Make Games and um R Boggs from Warped Board Games. Okay. They okay. they were willing to support me either way, but they're like, but this family friendly content is pretty awesome. <laughs> So between the three of them and a few others, I can't remember off the top of my head, it was like, okay, you know what? I do like being able to make games that I don't care if Lucky Newt finds them at a young age or not. Yeah. That if she asks about playing a title I can, or what a title is about when she's a bit older, I can tell her all about it with no embarrassment. Yeah. I'm going to stick with that. So it's just, it's freeing in some ways because I don't feel like I have to hide anything from her. And there is a lot of giddiness when I hear that a kid enjoyed a game because, let's be real, adults lie all the time. <laughs> Usually to not hurt your feelings, which is nice, but still. But when a kid says that they love something, that they really enjoy something, nine times out of ten, they're being fully and 100% honest. Yeah. So it just feels amazing to hear about that. That's super exciting, and I'm glad that you're having that go through and have branded yourself that way because I think something that a lot of people end up doing accidentally too as creators is they almost typecast themselves as mm -hmm. a certain style of creator. Yep. So like the fact that you've figured that out and like that's your angle is always great to hear because it means that your games are always going to be really genuine. I'm hoping so. <laughs> <laughs> now... You're one half of Lucky Newt Games. Can you tell us a little bit about the other half? That would be my partner, Nick. Um, the ever-patient, ever-tolerant, ever-supportive. <laughs> um, it's an interesting dynamic because he's a storyteller more than a story writer. Yes. He is all about bouncing ideas off. He's, he loves elaborating on ideas. He can just go on and on. But the moment his interest is taking something else or his mind dubs it as, okay, I'm done, he's done. <laughs> and it's not I get that. <laughs> it's not intentional or anything, but his bandwidth is smaller than mine when it comes to this. Yeah. So there have been a few ideas in my whips that it's like, this is great, we've got the ball rolling, and you know, there's something, you know, just a few more elements I don't quite know how to make work. And his bandwidth completely runs out. And because it was his idea, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I <laughs> I could relate to that, though. <laughs> if uh, I had a dollar for every time I've started a project and then just crashed it because I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I would have enough to fund a game. <laughs> How did it all get started, though? Having Nick come in, I mean, how'd that get started? Or has it just been an idea came up and you decided to work on it together? So he's been my partner in crime for even longer than we've been romantically involved. Um, okay. we've, kn we've known each other since 2002, and we actually initially met on a message board for writing. Really? And it was kind of like that loose RP style. Yep. where there's no dice rolls or anything. You make a post, then they make a post, and you kind of create the world together. Okay. And after things fell apart on the message board because of bad moderators and everything, we still kept in touch through Yahoo Instant Messenger, Yim. And it was just... Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was interesting because there were periods of time when I would have to disappear because of home stuff. And I'd come back months later and people would be like guilting me about like, where have you been? Like, what the hell? 
but never with Nick. And I was never that way with him. And it was just one of those, oh, hey, they're online and messaging each other. Like, how have you been? And that kind of support, especially if you're coming back from a difficult situation, means everything. Yeah. And so since 2008, um, he made his first trip out here. I live in the Pacific Northwest and he's from Massachusetts. And we realized that the other person was the exact same in real life as we were online which was really cool. We connected really fast because of that. But starting from there, I started um, RPing with him using a world of his creation that he had started with his best friend back when they were in middle school. Okay. Because they couldn't, when AD&D and all that first came out, they couldn't um, afford it and their, <clears throat> excuse me, and their parents weren't gonna get it for them. So they had a complete guesswork of the rules and just hobbled together how to play using dice but he was used to just that it was just the two of them so he was used to that just one-on-one -on -one back and forth building the world together yeah so we have a world or a universe really that's been in the making since 2008 so we're just kind of used to working together bouncing ideas off of each other um coming up with different magic systems together and nothing I created is is really that elaborate yet. Yeah. I've been sticking with, um, on average, three-page games. But um, we've kind of been working on something in the background, trying to find the right system for it, bringing parts of this world into the public. And at one point, he asked me what my five-year goal is, and I realized that's one of my goals is to make this game that we're trying to find the right system to match it up with and publish it so that others can enjoy that world. Before I was creating games, I was doing a lot of fiction writing and I actually have stories, short stories published in different anthologies under a different name. But um, I would get stuck on a scene and I would just tell him about it. And he's like, well, what if, you know, you try this, this and this. And it's like, oh, wait, that actually works. So, we've been doing this for much longer than I've been creating games. So it just kind of feels natural. When I get stuck on a thing, he'll ask what I'm stuck at, and if he has the bandwidth for it, he starts throwing ideas at me, sometimes faster than I can get them down. Um, at one point I was working with, on my uh, newest game, that I'm going to be revealing sneak peeks of to those who sign up for uh, on the landing page, that he started bouncing so many ideas off of me and then he had to i had to actually tell him like okay so the system's a lot simpler than this it was just based on lasers and feelings right <laughs> he's like oh yeah you probably want to save all that for a bigger game damn it <laughs> <laughs> he definitely likes the crunch and that's a bit harder since i'm not working on crunchy games yeah so it's been a bit of a learning process for him to realize not everyone likes the crunch and there is room for the softer rules. Yes, there definitely is. And he's finally recently been starting to get more of a feel on how to pull back the crunch a bit more and how to appreciate um, games that don't have so much crunch. But he still helps me more on the narrative and on bits and pieces than on the whole, because if it was up to him, every game I made would have super crunch. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big things that we've been talking about, we kind of mentioned that you're going to be going on crowdfunders soon, is the goal of making Lucky Newt Games becoming an LLC proper. For those who don't know, what does that mean? And what are the benefits for Lucky Newt Games when that happens? An LLC is pretty much to make a company into an actual small business, usually yeah. with only one or a few people involved in that business. And what that will do for us is um, make it so that we, there are certain uh, tax write-offs you can get because this is a business, you know, when I'm commissioning artwork, for example, it's not so much a tax write-off, but it's a company expense then. As yeah, long as the yeah. artwork being commissioned is for one of the games. Um, or like to go to a convention to purchase a table there to sell the games, to print out the physical copies of the games to be sold. That is all business expenses. And it also helps us legally 
where there are certain rights we'd get if LLC, for whatever reason, is ever sued or there's like something against the company. It's not against me personally. It's against the company. I don't foresee that ever happening. But Nick is very law forward, legal forward minded because he studied law uh, just short of getting his bar. And so it's just one of those cover your butts, you know, uh, protecting okay. us legally, protecting, you know, getting some of the um, expenses lightened up a bit, things like that. It, there's a lot more we'll be able to do as an LLC. Okay. I think part of the reason why I'm so personally unfamiliar with it is that I'm pretty sure that LLCs aren't a thing in Canada. There's something similar, but it's different. I'm Canadian. So, okay. So I think that there's a, a slight difference for us. So I was a little confused. I wanted to just verify if it was similar. It's very similar to, uh, I think they're LLPs here. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit different. So there's a number of protections that are being offered when you become an LLC, though, as well as the ability to kind of operate a little bit more freely or, or mm -hmm. be a little bit more insured when it comes down to creating games. Absolutely. And on top of that, because parking LLC, you have to write out what the business, um, I forget what it's called. That's like not the motto, but our values. That's what it values, is. Values, goals. Yeah. Values and goals. And it's one of those where it's like, if I'm promoting a thing, or if, I, if someone comes up to me asking for me to promote this thing and it breaks one of those values or goals, I'll have every reason to say I cannot do this because of this. Yeah, and yeah. granted, you shouldn't need the backing of an LLC for that. It should be as simple, oh, this goes against your personal values, that's fine. But it still helps. It's still a little extra padding if someone tries to be like wanting to go slur campaign against you for it. Ah, okay. Because it's one of those, look, it's in the paperwork. We do not promote this, you know? So just different things like that. Also, there's something validating about it. I know that... <laughs> I know it's all in my head for that, but... No, it's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> I, I get that. I get it's, that. It's, it's a little bit more permanent feeling. Yeah, and as a stay-at-home mom monetarily i'm not contributing to the household everything i do is what i do for our daughter and for the house and that is a big thing but in this kind of society it feels like if i'm working an actual llc no i do have a job at home yeah and even though stay at home mom you're probably juggling what 15 different jobs at once and you don't get holidays you don't get vacations oh, yeah, oh, yeah. you don't get weekends but it just feels like the society can be so harsh on stay-at-home parents. Yes. Even Nick, my partner, Mini Newt's going to be starting kindergarten next year, and he's talking about me getting a part-time job, and it's like, I already have a part-time job, though. And once I told him that I wanted to raise money for the LLC when I was still tossing the idea in my mind, he went, yeah, oh, I love him so much. He went full-blown supportive mode. And it's like, okay, so let's talk about a five-year plan. What do you, you know, what are your actual goals with this? What are we doing? And it's like, once I told him I wanted that, a switch had been flipped. He realized how serious I was about this. Mm -hmm. I think that says something to both you and his relationship and the understanding on how important this is and how much this goal is something that you want to make sure is accomplished. Yeah, it's, he's amazing. Like I say, the ever patient, ever wonderful, ever tolerant. I should add in there, ever supportive, you know? Yeah. Becoming an LLC isn't one of the only things that is a goal for Lucky Nuke Games. There is a rather popular game that you want to be bringing to a more physical format and that's whistling wolf cafe which is very cute Thank i you. really like it, <laughs> but, well you're welcome first of all it's great it's i read the description and i can imagine that it's a lot of fun what's whistling wolf cafe 
Okay, so Whistling Wolf Cafe is, first of all, first of all, the name is based off of a wolf whistling song by Rocky Chack. And okay. it was used as a closer for an anime called Spice and Wolf. Oh, so good. Oh, that's, such a good that's anime. That's how I know it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> it was inspired in the sense that a lot of the items in the game are, the names of the items are based off of lines in the song, such as we have flying silver spoons. We have apple scones with marmalade moons. We have, um, goodness, so many. Uh, <laughs> trying to remember off the top of my head we have the diamond crystal teacups um, so a bunch of different uh, inspirations from the song <laughs> and it is a cafe simulator brought to the physical form for two to well there's a solo version and then there's a multiplayer edition for two to four players Yeah, and it has been so much fun to work on um, a lot of work went into it, trying to, much like in a cafe or a restaurant or what have you simulator, you can buy different items to give you more of a chance of making customers happy. Trying to figure out costs versus value versus how much you're making in the game had been an absolute trial. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Um, we are currently getting custom artwork by let me get her actual name uh she goes by koshijin or koshujin on twitter okay and she's amazing to work with very transparent about what's going on so that if there's anything that's taking longer i'd know fully why yeah um yeah. and we're still working on the multiplayer edition i in all my <laughs> excited ignorance thought that I could just pretty much transfer the solo edition into a multiplayer edition just by adding more cards, and that did not work when I tried to playtest it. Of course, <laughs> I didn't get the chance to playtest it until after I published it, because, you know. <laughs> well, that's the joy of itch, though. Oh, yeah. But, um, so we're still working on the multiplayer edition. Um, two of my friends giving a shout-out to, Tyler and Andrea. Um, they're actually Mini Newt's godparents. They're also complete gamer geeks, and they have been a huge <laughs> help in playtesting this. And um, so we're smoothing out the rules. It is a different kind of gameplay, but still a cafe similar, uh, simulator. It is a player versus player, but there's no take that cards, at least not outwardly. There are a couple of cards that I guess if you're feeling like it could be used as take that cards. But the take that aspect is not built into the game. Yeah. Which was one of my big goals. So what we're hoping to do is after hopefully either next year or the year following, during the July Creator Spotlight, um, it, will, it looks like it's going to be an annual thing that will be kids and young adults. Mm hmm and I would love to bring Whistling Wolf Cafe into the physical form. I would like to make an actual game with a box that you can buy out in stores. So that's one of the big goals that I'm working up to. And part of the reason I brought Whistling Wolf Cafe up was that funds that go over the LLC for Lucky New Games... They're looking that they're going to be going towards Whistling Wolf, right? Yep. In order to make the goal a bit easier, the hope is um, to use anything over what we need for the LLC and other such fees. Um, like I had to purchase a P.O. box in order to get MailChimp. But anyway, yeah, um, yeah. it will go into Whistling Wolf Cafe. And we also have, this is a new development I didn't get the chance to tell you about yet. Ooh, but what uh we're... What we're looking to do, you're hearing it here first, <laughs> is we're going to have a stretch goal. Our very first stretch goal, once the initial goal for the LLC and other fees that we've uh, had to deal with are met, we're going to open up slots so that you can, those who purchase a slot, can have a character used on one of the customer cards for the uh, Whistling Wolf Cafe. Oh, that's so fun. And 
what I'll wind up doing is after the campaign, there'll be a spreadsheet because each um, customer card has a specific kind of like, you know, either a black tea devotee or something like that. And it's, it'll be first come, first serve. But you'll be able to work directly with the artist to decide if like if you want a likeness of yourself or if you want it to be a one of your own characters who are stopping by this enchanted cafe. And that's very exciting. Um, like I said, it will be slots. Yeah. So unfortunately we require another, like you'll have to sign up for that. Oh, I've got to work out the wrinkles essentially. But <laughs> there'll only be, I want to say 24 for the base customers. Okay. And then there's going to be five or six unique customers that will that each one affects the game differently from all the other base customers. So limited slots, but very exciting. Really looking forward to it. Hey, Laura, I just realized we've been talking about Whistling Wolf Cafe this entire time, and we kind of forgot to tell people what you do in it. Because we <laughs> said it was a cafe game, but I've just realized because I know what we're talking about, and you know what we're talking right. about. We forgot to mention that to the audience. So what is your goal in Whistling Wolf Cafe? So in Whistling Wolf Cafe, your goal is to give customers the tea that they need more so than the tea they might want. And your brewing skills really have to be up to par. You're going to be using um, 2d6 and trying to meet a target number with each customer. Every customer, you know, have different target numbers. Um, there are going to be items where you can add to your D6 pool. There are going to be different items that can help change your numbers in different ways. Uh, different employees you can hire using your tips. Oh. And by the end of the game, whoever has the most tips, if you're playing with multiplayer, is the one who wins. In the solo version, you're trying to get $30 in tips before the end of the game. But if you get three bad reviews, because every customer that you're not able to make happy by hitting at or near the target number before the end of the hour is going to leave you a bad review. And there are three customers an hour. Yeah. And if you reach three bad reviews in the solo version, that's it. You're done. So <laughs> <laughs> um, there are going to be custom cards added to both versions of the game. And there are going to be a few changes in item powers for the solo version um, before uh, people actually get their um, bundles before they get the game from the crowdfunder. Yeah, yeah. Just as a way to kind of improve the game. Um, there's also a version in Spanish of Antonio. Uh, let me see if he has an actual... Do, do, do. Ah, from Solo Historias was absolutely kind enough to do a Spanish translation of the game. If you go to the game page, Whistling Wolf Cafe Solo, um, I actually have a link at the bottom with a very special thank you to his Spanish version. And I'm going to talk with him about distributing that as well for those who are interested. That's incredible. Just a, a dedicated second language for your game is always so exciting. And it was so cool because he actually approached me about it. <laughs> so it was, I was very happy at that moment. <laughs> he also was really cool enough to, he um, made some changes to make it more uh, culturally, um, what's the word? Not appropriate, um, not significant. Culturally... It made more sense with uh, the Spanish culture. Yeah, he made some changes to make it more sense for the Spanish culture. He ran each change by me first. And yeah, it was awesome that he went through all that effort and uh, all that time to translate it. And yeah, so I was very happy about that. That's so cool. <laughs> so cool. Laura, how many games does Lucky New Games have? There's a lot, but... <laughs> so we have 50 titles under our name. Wow. Some of it, a chunk of it is uh, past the games type of thing. I'd started releasing one for every month. Um, all it is is you get a business card and, for example, pass the luck is for March. And you pass it to someone that you think hasn't had the business, had, you know, hasn't had the game yet. 
and you tell them something you feel lucky about. And then they have to try to find someone that they don't think it's been passed to yet. If they pass it to someone who has already had the card, then they lose. So it's mm. just a little like physical version of a viral game, I guess. That's fine. But I only got as far as June when I stopped. Um, eventually I'll finish. I have the one for uh, September, but I kind of lost heart in that because it didn't really feel like, it felt like I was kind of cheating just that, recreating that, this. That's but fair. That's fair. <laughs> other, th other than that, um, I have also the diversified um, SRD, formerly known as uh, 3D6 diversified. I have uh, special holiday collections, um, originally created for Pathfinder, but really they're agnostic items. Uh, I think you get like 50 items for specifically for the holiday season. Okay. I have some business card quests. Uh, Steph from TTRPG uh, ran a business card quest jam, and the idea is those who participate and give their okay, when you attend a convention, you can get all these um, business card quests and pretty much send people out on quests to find the, you know, more cards from other people and try to build this map or get these different items. And it's a lot of, it's a fun collection thing. And a bunch of us contributed different cards that either reflected our company or reflected different games we had. I decided to go with different games such as, um, I have a little business card version of Eldritch Pets. I have one for Fire Rescue. Um, I fell into an Izakai once. One Cranky Dragon, and Tournament of Elements. So that was a lot of fun to do. Um, but yeah, just a bunch of different games. I have holiday games. I have, I'd start a line of games I called Mission Games that include Wildfire, Mission Bathroom Run, Mission Present Pursuit, Mission Magic Brew, and Mission Spring Clean. And all of that is a uh, standard card dice rolling game. You're competing to get the items that you need by outrolling the card number, essentially. Okay. And yeah, just a bunch of different ones. Not all the games that I have are going to be included for the different bundles, but I do have a good amount. Uh, let me see here. We do have an all the games bundle that we're offering for uh, one of the tiers. And it has, let's see here. It has 32 games included. Wow. So yeah. Other bundles that we're going to have will include Christmas in July and August, which will have, I think, all my Christmas games, actually. Uh, we're going to have a journaling slash uh, question and answer bundle, which are going to be, looks like, five or six games. Um, they're journaling games, but I've heard from parents that some of these games, they'll ask the, their kids the question, and the kids will give the answer back. And it becomes a great back and forth for them, which I think is awesome. So I kind of want to encourage that. I didn't even think to try that, but there are games I'd be able to play with Mini Newt here that I didn't think I'd be able to until she was older. But just by reading them off to her would make it like a million times easier. Yeah. Um, I also have a print and play bundle. Uh, pretty much that's going to include things like I have Magic Brew Legacy, where you print out the cards and you draw directly on the cards the different uh, ingredients that you find to make a magic brew. Okay. I also have in that bundle Tea Harvest, which is awesome because um, our box from Warp Board Games was amazing. He actually, or sorry, they actually uh, created this game board for it that you can print out and it just makes the game so much easier. Like they started kind of drawing it out instinct, intu bleh, intuitively in order to keep track of different things and it really worked out. But like Tournament of Elements uh, has custom cards. It's like a rock, paper, scissors with a twist. Okay. Using cards. And yes, yeah. Whistling Wolf Cafe will be included in that bundle. Glad to hear that. Thank you. We also have our pocket bundle, which is gonna be all bookmark and business card games that you can just put in your pocket or in your book, be on the go and you know break them out at any point in time. Um, we have our Best of Bundle, which again includes Whistling Wolf Cafe. Um, it'll also include Enchanted Blend, which is a um, kind of a meditative game to brew some good feelings for what you need in your day through your warm drink. Mm -hmm. And this was actually the first one that I heard 
someone used um, with their child, not it's not so much as the question answer, but one of those reading through it with them when they've had a hard day at school and while making them a cup of hot cocoa and okay. having them imagine like these magical little ingredients going into the cup to help make their day better, which was really cool to hear about. Um, it also includes One Creaky Dragon, Superheroes Entourage, which is, uh, I believe it's a hack of Her Majesty's Entourage about the sidekicks and the superhero team having to scramble about to keep the superhero looking absolutely amazing in the public eye. <laughs> and then, of course, we have the tabletop role-playing game bundle, which will include five-second rule, Lost Together, which is a game... <clears throat> excuse me. Which is a game that I pl uh, created with Ned, uh, N-A-D-G, for the one-page RPG jam last year about a bunch of kids who are lost in the woods together. But there are three different things they can do. They can either try to find their own way out, um, be okay long enough to be rescued, or make a home there in the woods. And it's really cool because it's based off of a shared dice pool. And you're kind of combining different stats to do different things. And you have to decide as a group how these dice should be spent every round. So a lot of teamwork encouragement there. Um, I have three other games that have never been seen before, except by like maybe a few people, that will be released in the TTRPG bundle. And I'll be revealing those as the crowdfunder continues. Um, one of those games is actually getting sneak peeks. If you sign up for our landing page on MailChimp, you'll be emailed those sneak peeks uh, either Wednesday or Friday. I haven't decided which yet. Or, sorry, that's happening this week. This isn't going out until later. But <laughs> other sneak peeks of other games will be coming out by then. I promise. <laughs> I'm currently working on Rooster and Owl. Um, it's going to be a bit of a quick and dirty XD6 game. XD6 okay. was created by Michael Lowe from Luck of Legends. And this is going to be a very pared down version of that. <laughs> But the inspiration for that one actually came from Minnie Newt when she was playing with her light switch. And every time she turned the light on, she would crow like a rooster. And every time she turned it off, she'd hoot like an owl. And it's like, okay, what if these two creatures actually were duking it out for whether it was day or night? So there's... I love that idea. Thank you. Um, there's another one coming out. The one that I'm actually uh, just finishing is... Um, Skills and Magic and Modern... Sorry, it's Swords and Magic and Modern Skills is a Lasers and Feelings hack. And that should be a lot of fun. That's actually the sneak peek that's coming out uh, this week. I might do another uh, sneak peek of it later on when it's closer to the campaign, just for people who have signed up like after the show, just yeah. to be fair. <laughs> but um, I also have Capricious Creatures which Arbogs has been absolutely amazing in illustrating for me. That's another diversified game. So that should be fun. And I think I'm going to try to squeeze in one more game, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's going to be there's going to be all that. There's also going to be an a la carte option. You get a coupon for any three games in my catalog. It's pretty much you turn those in to me and you will get those games just at the cost that you paid for the coupon. Um, there's also going to be a tier for adding to the community copy fund. Um, so for every $5 that goes into the fund, I choose a random game that hasn't been chosen yet, and it will get more community copies added to that pool for those who um, can't afford games at the moment for whatever reason. Yeah. And yeah, I think that is everything. We're also going to have early bird specials. So if you sign up for the MailChimp landing page, um, you'll be notified as soon as we uh, launch the crowdfunder and we'll be able to take advantage of those specials. Pretty much everything will be, I think everything, pretty much everything will be um, less expensive than it will be after the early bird. Um, still debating if it's going to be X number of slots or if it's going to be for the first 24 hours. I'm leaning towards the first 24 hours though. Okay. I think that makes sense there. You have so many games that are going on there and there is just this huge amount of content for folks and 
it's like you said it's all ages and that's super exciting thank you Just, i i hope it all goes so well for you there laura thank you so much oh you're welcome laura we're starting to run low on time though and i got two more questions for you to to peel out the show here before we we hang up on everyone <laughs> <laughs> so what advice can you give to new creators wanting to start their own game but they're not really sure where to begin so a few pieces of advice one and i know there are going to be creators out there who disagree with me um start small um, the one page rpg jam has been an absolute blessing for me and i know at least a few others because you have to keep it simple you have to keep it short and it takes a lot of the element out that overwhelms most creators. So even if you decide to start at a time that the one-page RPG Jam isn't running, just try to keep it short. Um, also, I recommend looking at games that are covered by the CCBY or CCBYSA license or other community, um, uh, sorry, uh, Creative Commons licenses. Yeah. And hack it. Whether you're hacking the mechanics or the theme, being able to borrow from other games takes a, even more of that overwhelming element out of it because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just add your own twist and personality to it, your own ideas to it. That can, be, that can do a lot to help actually get a creation out there. And you get such a great dopamine rush usually when you manage to finish a game and get it out there because it's like, it's done, I did it. Go for that dopamine rush. Now, other creators going after that big, amazing, huge idea that they have in their mind's eye and just focusing on that and that alone, that's what works for them. But I can only vouch for what's worked for me. I have this big, amazing, incredible idea, but by working on these little games, I've been learning so much with each game that I would not have those lessons if I had tried tackling the big idea first. Um, if you're a writer, if you have any experience in writing, it's like the saying of every story has been told already. It's just a matter of putting your own personality to it. And don't start with your grand epoch of a novel. Start with short stories. Take it bit by bit and learn something from each one. Um, also, the big one. Never be afraid to ask for help. The gaming community, I've been in a few different number of different communities before I got into the gaming community. This has got to be one of the friendliest communities that I've ever joined. Mm -hmm. There is that bit of competition, but at most I've seen, you know, there's always going to be the exceptions, but it's a friendly competition. And there's always the desire to see other people do well, to take this amazing idea that they have and bring it to life. And so just never be afraid to ask. Even if it feels like a dumb question, chances are it's not. And there's a bunch of other people who would like to know the same thing, but are too afraid to ask. So never be afraid to throw a question out there if you're really not sure, if you need a, you know, advice. And I think that's all the advice I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all excellent advice there, though. Keeping things concise and to the point definitely helps you get something out it's good advice it's it's advice we've heard to an extent before on by other people and every time i hear it it's like yeah like just do something that you can actually finish laura where can people find out more about you lucky newt games everything you're working on and where you're going to be crowdfunding i'm on twitter at lucky newt games I am on Itch.io. Look up just Lucky Newt Games. Um, I do have a Discord server called Lucky Newt Jams. Um, you can find a link to that on my Itch.io page. I do have a TikTok that I never post on, but <laughs> want to follow other game designers on there. Um, and I have a Tumblr that I really need to get back to posting on, but everything's under Lucky Newt Games. Um, I'm also, you can email me with any questions or comments, uh, luckynewtgames at gmail.com. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to pay for a subscription on MailChimp. 
for the landing page. I don't have the crowdfunder page up yet, but you can, um, I'm going to pin a post on Twitter if you have it, where the landing page is. But the name of the campaign is Lucky Newt's Bundles of Fun, and it'll be on Crowdfunder July 27th. As always, audience, those links are going to be down in the description below, or at least the ones that we can make sure that you have your hands on so that you can go and support Laura and Lucky Newt Games. Go and go and show your support. There's a lot of really fun games in here. There's a lot of really cool stuff. And I think that there's at least one thing that you'll be really excited about. I know that I'm really excited about Whistling Wolf Cafe. I, I'll probably get the the digital version before the physical comes out at some point in the near future. Laura, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this week. It's been great being here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And audience, thank you so much for listening. Laura and Lucky Newt Games are scheduled to launch real soon in two days from this episode going live. So, our wait, no, we changed that in a week from this episode going live. July 27th. <laughs> July 27th. So, go and show your support on that day. Until next time, though, take care of yourselves, and I hope to see you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much to Laura for joining me on the show this week. Lucky Newt Games Crowdfunder will be going live next week, and I'll make sure to let you all know when that happens. Go check out their library of games, because as we discussed here, there's an absolute ton of them, and you're bound to find at least a couple that you'll really like. Look forward to seeing more from Lucky Newt Games in the near future. And thank you for listening, audience. I know I haven't been super active on episode uploads or even socials, really, but I've had a nice little vacation with my partner and feel really invigorated so hopefully i'll be better on that end where i'm getting episodes out a little bit more on time if you like the show and you want to hear more though or you know someone who might like to come on to the show and talk about their game or independent project why not share an episode or two with them that's how we grow around here and that's also how i find some of the amazing creators get to talk to thanks for everything that's everything from me for this week hope to see you somewhere out there